Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuberless. This show is a journey into my mind. Why would you want to do such a thing? To be honest, I can't think of a reason, which also potentially explains the almost total lack of listenership. Yay? Or nay, depending on uh, if you care about that sort of thing, which clearly 528 plus episodes and now i do not what i do care about is that i should warn if you have not consumed some of the media that i have that i'm about to talk about i could ruin it for you and i don't want to do that this is this is not about ruining things it's not about the ancient ruins Uh, yeah so you know be warned of that possibility why don't you uh i i think uh with that said since we have a Jam, goddamn packed episode. I'm going to push a button that will get us started like this. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Richard Bob, current adult star. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, uh, movie the first, Jigsaw from 2017. Oh, they made another one of these movies and called it uh, a a different title. This is a part of the Saw franchise, I guess. It's a reboot. Reboot. Probably a reboot. It's not a remake. It's a reboot. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Let me read the MDA. It might be funny. Uh, Bodies are turning up around the city. Hmm. Dead ones, they should specify each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. Okay, they did specify. I spoke too soon. Uh, as the investigative investigation proceeds, evidence points to one suspect. John Kramer, the man known as Jigsaw, who has been dead for over 10 years. Huh, how does a dead man pull off a series of elaborate and gruesome deaths through torture devices and such? Well... I guess you're going to have to watch or find out. Or don't watch because it's not the best. It's fine. Um, of the Saw movies, which I suppose we will count this as one, it's uh, it's fine. It's in there. Uh, it's got some interesting twists and turns. They're they're leaning into it a bit, which uh, I appreciate. Uh, I, I think horror franchises, uh, as they progress in age and number, <laughs> in, in, in age and frequency... Uh, sometimes they'll just get worse and worse and worse. Sometimes I feel like they sort of learn that if they lean into the ridiculousness of the situations they have devised, uh, that can make it better. Like, uh, go over the top, go ridiculous. Don't try to be serious in this ridiculous premise that you have made for yourself. Uh, and there's hints that that is happening in this. Uh, it, it's still, you know, a, a little cheese, 
from time to time. Um, have some uh, cool, if you're unfamiliar with Saw movies somehow, uh, you have some, some, some cool and interesting deaths in this one, which you come to know and love if you enjoy this franchise, I am sure. Rating-wise, uh, watch this with the misses. Mm, I don't, I didn't get her rating, which I should have, so that's a mark off for me. Uh, I think I'm going to go just like a three. And if you are unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. I guess the only scenario where I would watch this again is if, uh, for some reason, down the road many years from now, I decide to rewatch all the Saw movies. Actually, the missus and I, after watching this, oh, okay, here, here's, a, here's a point for this movie. After watching this, we decided that uh, we would enjoy going back to the beginning and rewatching. So maybe we will do that. Maybe we won't. I don't know. A lot of time on our hands lately. <sighs> Not that we didn't before necessarily, but, uh, you know, the virus... Hmm. Uh, okay, moving on to uh, movie the second, American Factory from 2019. Interesting. In post-industrial Ohio, a Chinese billionaire opens a factory in an abandoned General Motors plant, hiring 2,000 Americans. Early days of hope and optimism give way to setbacks as high-tech China clashes with working-class America. Man, uh, yeah, that that is the the, the the sort of quintessential. Uh, a synopsis of this movie would be um, Chinese workers versus American workers and how they differ. And boy, do they differ. It's sort of a fascinating to see um, not only the differences, but the fact that uh, I get the impression and, and I'm, I'm Canadian. So like I'm definitely Canadians are closer in work uh, ethics, mm, yeah, okay, let's just use that word, uh, to Americans than uh, the Chinese, obviously, I, I would say. Uh, it, it's almost like uh, uh, the, the Chinese workers were trained from birth to be good workers within their society, and it's sort of deeply ingrained to do things this certain way that is outlined in this movie. Um, so to expect the Americans to live up to those standards that have been ingrained since birth when they have not in America, uh, is, is seems like a losing proposition. And, and that's sort of the gist of where this takes us. Uh, fascinating to see, uh, different cultures, just period full stop, but, uh, different cultures revolving around work and worth ethics and, and things of that nature. A, a, a very good documentary available on Netflix rating wise, go a solid four four plus yeah uh, i did enjoy that one uh moving on to from 1997 suicide kings oh this one hadn't seen it in quite a number of years uh oh very short i'm done this one a group of youngsters kidnap a respected mafia figure what more do you need to know other than the respected mafia figure is none other than christopher walken yes Yes. Uh, Christopher Walken in that special brand of actor. Uh, who else do I have this? Uh, 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 John Goodman. Uh, there's certain actors that I've put into a category of if they are in a movie, I am going to enjoy that movie. Uh, and, and it just seems like there's there's certain actors and it's hard to pinpoint. And uh, I don't really know what the cry is. It's a very nebulous criteria. I don't know how it happens, but uh, he is definitely in it to win it because this movie uh which i had seen this is maybe a third viewing if i had to guess uh over the years uh still stands up 
Uh, I'm going to go, geez, do I go five? Yeah, I, I do really like this. It's sort of a, a dark comedy suspense. Um, it's got a lot of different things going for it. Uh, a, a cast is interesting. Dennis Leary in there. Uh, <laughs> Jay Moore, haven't seen him in a bit. Brad Garrett. Yeah, all, all, all sorts of people in this movie. Uh, yeah, why not? We'll go five. I'm in a good mood today. Suicide Kings. Just look at the, the, the cover or go to the IMDb and that's intriguing right there. Uh, last but not least, actually, yeah, probably least. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, definitely least. Last but least, Dickie Roberts, colon, former child star from 2003. Uh, a 30-something former child star hires a foster family to recreate the childhood he never had. Starring, of course, none other than David Spade. In his heyday? Question mark? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this is... It's definitely, definitely a 2000 comedy, <laughs> like an early two, an early aughts comedy. This is, this is a quintessential, uh, not very good. <laughs> like were, were comedies of this time, late nineties, early, uh, aughts were they, were they, were they just bad? Like, is there good ones out there? I, I feel like the good ones are few and far between. Uh, and this is not one of them. Uh, the, the, you know, there's, there's a few laughs. There's a few, uh, lighthearted warm the cockles of your hearts moments, which is another thing that seemed to be a must in movies in comedy movies of this era. But, uh, overall it's just kind of blah. And there's some very cringy, uh, uh, how did we <laughs> almost cringy tropey, uh, just oh my god I, I can't believe did this did every movie do this back in the day so you know you can't really blame the movie it, it was a movie of the time but uh, this is sort of critically panned back then as well i do remember um and i don't think i saw it back in the day i i, I can't actually remember and maybe i did and that's another knock against it rating wise jeez it killed some time <laughs> i'm gonna go 1.9 how about that? A 1.9, he says. Moving on. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Big Cat Rescue. <laughs> Thank you for that sponsorship in which we are talking, of course, Tiger King colon murder, comma, mayhem, and madness yes since everyone else is talking about it from my perspective everyone's talking about it now uh because i have uh, quite a few of these episodes in the can as they say in the biz uh it, it will have been out for a while and probably people are sick of hearing it so good timing me this explains the lack of uh listenership yay again Oh, well, I don't care. This is, this is, as I didn't say at the top of this one, but have said at the top of many podcasts, this is more just for me so that I can uh, get things out of my brain into the ether. Now, sure, I could sit down with someone and just talk about this, but who wants to hear someone talk about all the media? They have, well, clearly no one. Uh, hear about all the media they have consumed. Uh, just sit down and ramble for a half hour, 40 minutes, however long this is going to be. I don't know. I wouldn't put anyone through that torture that didn't want to. Yeah, so... 
<laughs> how do you talk of this this thing i i, I think what l- l- let me boil it down and, and we'll do this quick because a million people have a million opinions on this that are probably better and more valid than mine uh this is a movie in which uh every real actual human being within it with maybe one exception maybe two exceptions is an insane person and makes you question whether people like this exist in real life, which clearly they do because they're in the movie, but it also makes you question how many of these people uh, in real life are like the people in this movie that we just don't have movies made about. Like how many goddamn fucking insane people exist in the world that, that, that just don't have the benefit of having a a Netflix short run documentary about them or whatever you want to call this. I guess it's a short run documentary. Sure. Uh, because seemingly at least in this world, every single person in the movie with almost no exceptions is just insane it's just my, my god what is wrong with this person and, and, and it'll just blow you you'll go from one interview to the next with with just uh, it's different flavors of, of of crazy and and i'm not saying even saying this in a bad way necessarily although some of them clearly evil people uh, up to and including the fact that uh, caging uh tigers clearly not only a bad idea, but also wrong. So you have a, a lose-lose situation there. Uh, um, bad for the tigers, bad for the people keeping them, uh, uh, bad for, you know, just nature. <laughs> like, it, it's a horrible thing to see and know that some of these cats are put in these situations that are just horrible to live in, period, full stop. So uh, <laughs> then there's that sort of underlying your thought process. Uh, at least it was mine over the course of the movie like geez should should i be watching this and and having ugh, entertainment is, a, is it's an interesting word uh interest having interest uh despite the fact that i'm uh, i'm knowing that these cats probably this is not the best life for them <sighs> like uh there's 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 obviously in this it's not too surprising at some points over the course uh, some of the tigers will attack some of the humans uh and a little part of me is like yeah well okay that's fine i don't that, that's is it good uh see <laughs> but is it bad uh see anyways the tiger king i haven't explained it at all and that's fine because i kind of feel like you have to watch it yourself and uh, all i've done is set the stage perhaps i don't know i don't know why i'm doing this and i don't care hmm Today's book banter sponsor is Flint Fire Forge brand cigarette lighters. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, have a, uh, oh, you know what I have to mention right off the top. Uh, if you listen to the last three episodes, you will know I was reading a series called Autumn, which was a zombie apocalypse series. Uh, I, I had to give up on book number four, Disintegration, not because it was bad, but <laughs> to be honest, there was, there was two things. Um, one was, uh, well, well, okay, we'll say two and a half things. Uh, one was the fact that uh, it, it sort of started off with a whole bunch of characters that I didn't know, so was less invested in. So that that's the half. Like, I, I could have probably, you know, given time, got invested, and, and I think it was going to... 
um, sort of mix in with the existing books I've read. So they're all sort of combining, which some of the other books had done. And, and that's a cool idea. And I liked it. Uh, but uh, one of the main new characters uh, name is Jass. And that just happens to be the name of my boss. <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons that I enjoy reading so much and consuming media in general is as a, uh, as a sort of escape from reality. Uh, so when I'm reading a book and the main character keeps reminding me of my boss, which reminds me of my work, which I'm trying to escape from, that's not great. So, you know, no, potentially I could have overlooked that and gone on, but then there was the sort of the, 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 the nail in the coffin, um, that during a, yeah, you know, it's not an apocalypse that's happening right now with the whole a virus thing but uh, uh it, it was so new while i was reading this uh, and everything was so fluctuating with it that's trying to take my mind off of it while reading and then reading about another apocalypse that started with a virus i don't know uh it, like literally it's just it, it wasn't doing what i desire my books to do on some levels so no fault of the author uh, David Moody, uh, Moody, sorry. I, I love the first three books, and if the if the goddamn uh, uh, coronavirus hadn't come along, probably would have enjoyed this one as well. But it did, so I had to stop. Uh, uh, you know, a dozen pages in, or, or twenty five pages in, something like that. It, it just I, I I couldn't penetrate it for those reasons. So, you know, sort of interesting. And I mention it here. What I decided to do instead. Uh, and this is one of the reasons that fantasy is my favorite uh, genre in general, uh, because it takes me like I can read about elves and dwarves and that's not going to remind me of anything in real life. Uh, so I decided to uh, read. Uh, go back to Dragonlance, which I've read, I don't know if I've read most of, but I've read a, a large chunk of, and read uh, um, a, a crap ton. That's, that's my plan. I'm going to stay in Dragonlance for the foreseeable future, um, starting with the Meetings Sextet, which is a group of six books. Um, I believe they're actually prequels for the most part. <coughs> Excuse me. That was just a normal cough. Uh, <laughs> I hope. Anyways, um, that sort of sets up for uh, future books, the the dragons of the you know summer flame and all that stuff. So um, it's just sort of giving us some backstory to the series as a whole. Question mark is sort of kind of how uh, it felt like it's set up, um, giving us how they met. So the 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 meat cutes of these characters, I guess you could call it. Ooh, yeah, that's kind of a good title, meat cutes. Okay, wait, I'm gonna make a note of that. Let's see, meat cutes of Dragonlance or something to that effect. Might might work its way into the title. I had another title planned, but uh, that one I kind of like. Okay, anyway, so uh, book number one of this series is called Kindred Spirits, uh, written by Mark Anthony and Ellen Porath. Uh, again, it's called uh, Meeting Sextet number one, um, and in it we're meeting uh, Flint Fireforge for the first time, as well as Tannis half elven uh and, and sort of their meeting apparently was kind of cool which i didn't uh, either know or recall from back in the day reading um of these characters uh they met when tanis was but a youth uh let me read the goodreads maybe that will 
flush it out magic and murder uh when flint fireforged dwarf and metalsmith receives a wondrous summons from the speaker of the sun he journeys to the fabled elven city of qualinost Hmm. Yeah, fantasy names. Uh, there he there he meets Tanis, a thoughtful youth born of a tragic union between elf and man, which is how you get a half elf, elf, man. Uh, Tanis and Flint, each a misfit in his own way, find themselves unlikely friends. But a pompous elf lord is mysteriously slain, and another elf soon meets the same fate. Tanis stands accused, and. If his innocence cannot be proven, the half-elf will be banished forever. Solving the mystery will be a perilous task. Time is on the murderer's side, and he is not finished yet. Mm. So you've got uh, some pa- uh, some fa- uh, fantasy, obviously. Uh, you got some uh, murder mystery. Um, what else? Uh, it, it suspense. And then just uh, the backdrop of uh, being in a, a cool elven city. So uh, finished it last night. Uh, falls, uh, I think for the most part, falls into the category of difficult to put down book. Uh, and really pulled me in. And number one, reason I'm reading things like this made me forget things <laughs> in the real world. So uh, I, I think all of that it was like sort of uh, the, the perfect storm of just what I needed in a book uh familiar characters um like i've read a lot with these two characters but it's when they're older most of the ones i've read so it was nice to see their beginnings as well uh a little like every once in a while i'd be like reading and then just like some like spark in my brain would like shoot off a memory of 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 these and and their adventures and it really 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 good uh five out of five Today's Game Gabin sponsor is Sontag Quintessential Gamer Bathwater. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, sort of an interesting one here. Uh, again, sort of revolves around what is happening in the world. I have signed up recently for uh, quite a f- quite a number, definitely more than I used to, uh, D&D sessions online. And uh, uh, I wanted to talk about one in particular. It was called The Balance of Judgment. Uh, it was just a uh, three-session campaign. Uh, I was actually not even there for the first one, but uh, it was a space-themed campaign uh, using a sort of D&D rule, rule set, which uh, is something I've always wanted to play in. So uh, very much uh, glad to do so and uh, had a lot of fun. Um, basically, we were uh, a ship, a crew, in a small sort of a freighter-like, I was sort of picturing it, um, sent to this giant, massive battleship um, that had, uh, been sort of trapped in the gravity well of a black, uh, hole. So, uh, I, I, the part I missed was basically getting there, uh, pulling it away from the black hole and initially boarding it and some fights there. So that's, that's what I missed. Um, I was playing a character named Sontag. It's funny because I've never played a human before. Um, but I thought, um, the fact that I, we're going to be in space and everyone else sort of picked these, you know, like an android and all these, uh, the, like space work and, and all these crazy races and stuff. You know what I thought? I'm going to play a human for the first time. Uh, I've never done it. It's, uh, it's just for these, uh, two sessions. Um, why not? 
Plus, I wanted to base it off someone in real life. If you're unfamiliar with Sontag, uh, that is the last name of Lawrence Sontag uh, of Funhouse. Funhouse, the YouTube channel that I have spoken of in the next segment, uh, many, many times over the years. Um, he <laughs> is the self-proclaimed, in a joking way, I should say, in an ironic way, the quintessential gamer. So I sort of uh, went in this... Um, being a human who's like a 90s, a 1990s style uh, video game uh, dude who, who who's on the search for the next big game um, and will do anything to find it. Uh, I was a wizard, uh, uh, specifically a techno mage, which was something I found on D&D Beyond. It was like a homebrewed wizard class. Um, so uh, it, was, it was a fun character to play and, and get into. And like like one thing I can think of off the top of my head, uh, I was the only one with the spell identify, which identifies magic items. Um, so my payment uh, to identify things for all the other players was they would have to play a game with me <laughs> in the future, like like that sort of dumb thing. Uh, just to you know, it, it, it's fun to role play. Uh, a character who's obsessed about something and this character was obsessed about uh, games of all sorts um uh okay so uh on this ship the most of the crew had been evacuated um but it was also uh still had like the captain i guess the captain quote unquote goes down with the ship although didn't uh and, and if you know anything about black holes and uh, this is a sort of sciencey thing that there can be time distortion so uh it'd been like thousands of years that this ship had been trapped from um the outside perspective but the captain had felt like it only been a couple of days um and he was a member of an empire that had fallen over the course of these uh, eons or however long it had been so we had to sort of try to <laughs> explain to him um that that had happened and then uh, eventually work with him it was a cool sort of a very intertwined story um there was in the first session i played in uh, uh when we were still against the captain there was one point i remember where uh we were trying to get into like an armory we did get into it but the captain's like no 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 you're not allowed in here uh and then sort of blew it up and we had we, we could just run right there or try to be uh, quick run in grab something run back out which uh you know <laughs> that, that's the fun way to do it you just you don't want to just give up on potential loot right plus it was my first session so uh i didn't quite make it uh out in time so i was caught in the explosion now i was literally one roll away uh, if you're unfamiliar with this rule that if you take enough damage that it not only kills you but uh is double your maximum hit points uh you just die there, there's no death saves that's it you're done um i would have died like i had uh geez i want to say 17 yeah i think i because i was a squishy wizard i had 17 hit points and the damage was like 40 so uh if i hadn't have made a deck save uh i would have just died outright and that was like in the first 10 minutes of playing or so so basically i could have just died immediately after playing for 10 minutes which would have been embarrassing and it was funny too because uh in the like chat in discord um which is another thing um we were <laughs> there was like bets that i would be the first one to die which you know it, it's a kind of a safe bet when you play a wizard uh you're you're usually pretty squishy 
Uh, and plus, I was uh, role playing a character that's uh, when you're role playing a character that's obsessed with something, uh, that allows the DM to put that something in front of you in a dangerous situation, knowing that as long as you're role playing well, you're going to go for it. So, yeah, almost died session one. Now, that's cool and fun. Uh, session two rolls around. Uh, and this is the reason that, uh, like the, the, the thing as a whole was fun. Uh, it wasn't a lot of RP. Uh, it was all just a, a bunch of dudes who seemed to, uh, I, I don't know if they were into it or not. Like I was, I think maybe one other guy was, but some of them were just sort of lackadaisical about it. I almost felt like, but, uh, you know, it, it was fun. It was fun. Anyways, um, session, uh, my, the last session rolls around and we're in a scenario where it's. Uh, basically fight for your life to get these people off the ship. Um, and it was tough <laughs> and eventually reached a point where I was literally at one hit point. So like a, a, a strong breeze could have knocked me over. Now I was saving the spell invisibility, which is something I've had characters do before. Uh, always right before you're going to die, turn invisible. And that helps a lot. So uh, I'm on one hit point trying to turn on robots and get them to fight with us while the rest of my because i wasn't really great in battle um my my squishy wizard character he wasn't so much a battle expert uh anyways uh all the other characters uh taking a beating one of them goes down two of them go down uh third one down <laughs> and basically at one point i'm the only one still up uh and we hadn't even i don't think taken out one bad guy yet so I make a run for it, and I say to the artificial, intelli artificial intelligence of the massive ship, um, everyone's dead, and this isn't in the, law, in the last you know five minutes of the session. This is the final battle of the final session. <laughs> I want to specify that because normally I wouldn't do this, but I said to the artificial intelligence, everyone's dead but me, uh, uh, open up the uh you know the 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 doors to the out to to space <laughs> open the space doors and flush everyone out and then that's what she did so she flushed out all the bad guys and also uh, all my friends were just shot into space and uh that's how the session ended i was the only one who lived uh every single other person died so um <laughs> Uh, back in the chat after uh, I wanted some money for the fact that uh, they all bet I would be the first one to die and I was the only one who didn't die yay D&D &D. Um, one thing I liked about that as well is uh, the DM uh, even said as much that yeah <laughs> he did not see that coming <laughs> so I sort of threw him for a loop there which I appreciate uh, fun session uh, I hope to play more I'm looking into and even bought the book for Star Trek Adventures, which is a different system than Dungeons and Dragons, but I want to play like in a Star Trek uh, role-playing game. So it'll happen eventually and I'll no doubt, I imagine, talk about it here when it does. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Virtual Hugs. Take what you can get. 
Uh, okay, so uh, first items, I suppose, is talk show hosts from home. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to be uh, witnessing now. The, 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 the face of late night talk show hostdom has uh, forever changed. Well, it's definitely got a, an interesting... Has it forever changed? Jeez, that's a question right there in itself. Um, it's interesting to see, you know, your, 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 your Stephen Colbert's your Conan's, your Jimmy Kimmel's all trying to figure out how to do their jobs from home. Um, and I think, I don't think they, well, this is a question actually, because I don't know, are they broadcasting full episodes from home or is it just, uh, the clips that I'm seeing on YouTube? I actually don't know, to be honest, I should have looked into that, but I didn't and I'm not going to. So um, yeah, like, uh, it's it sort of get the impression that they're trying to figure it out a bit. Like they'll, they'll try things and maybe they work, maybe they don't, uh, maybe they'll switch them up next time. Uh, and, and it's been interesting to see some things, uh, geez, uh, I, uh, yeah. Like, uh, is it as good? Like, are their shows as good as they would be in front of a live audience? It's, it's definitely hard to say like it's and, and then it's the fact that they're doing what a lot of people on YouTube have just done for a long time and they're new to it. So by 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 that very nature, are they as good as the people who have been doing it for a long time? Uh, I don't know. It, it's sort of at the very least, even if it's not as funny as it used to be. And I'm not saying that's the case. I just maybe that's a feeling I have. It's interesting to see them try to figure this sort of thing out. Um, yeah. You got to do what you got to do, and they got to do this, apparently. Uh, moving on f to uh, Alton Brown's YouTube channel. Yeah, I didn't know he had a YouTube channel, but he does. If you don't remember Alton Brown, you didn't watch the Food Network <laughs> back in the day, uh, which I suppose he's still on there. He's on, what? what's that show, Cutthroat Kitchen, which I, uh, I've seen a few episodes. It was good. But just him as a personality, I very much like. Um and he's sort of, uh, as he's gotten older, he's sort of feels like a no nonsense sort of not going to take shit from no one kind of, kind of guy. Uh, and, and I like him, uh, and his videos have that feeling, but also sort of a, a relaxed, just, you know, do what you need to do feeling. Uh, and in these times, Hey, it's, it's, it's good. They're, they are good. And I like them. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's kind of what these internet intercourse, uh, segments often boil down to things I see on the internet. I like, and I bring them back here to tell you that I like them like Alton Brown's YouTube channel. Like I watched one where he, uh, made cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, moving on to a virtual Gary con. Oh yeah. This is interesting and curious as well. Um, I am someone who went to a lot of cons, uh, been to fan expo every year for the last, Oh geez. I don't think I've reached double digits yet, but definitely getting close. Um, it was funny because, uh, I was not actually planning on going this year regardless, but, uh, now I'm not even sure if it'll happen. Um, it's the reason I wasn't going to go this year is because I bought a new PC and, uh, going to these things is expensive, especially cause I usually get the VIP ticket because I got a bad back. Uh, and can't wait in lines because it kills my back, which also is why I carry a cane at these things. And if you were to Google nerd cane adventures, you could see, uh, this cane being autographed by nerdy celebrities. You could see this cane being held 
by hundreds of cosplayers which uh, is another thing maybe i won't be able to do that or is everyone going to want to take this cane from me that um, a bunch of people have held hmm, see maybe it's the end of nerd can adventures i don't know it's possible anyways um uh, they did a virtual con, uh, normally Gary con, uh, devoted to D and D, uh, Gary Gygax being the titular Gary. <laughs> titular Gary. Um, so, uh, Satine Phoenix, I don't know if a bunch of people did it or I just saw hers because I subscribed to her YouTube channel. Um, but she did a bunch of panels. She did a Q and a, she did a, a cool women in gaming, which is a panel with a bunch of uh, women in in, in the, the hobby and the game of D&D and revolving around that. And uh, it was interesting for me because I, I, I have had desire to go to Gary Con, I, I, but I've never been. So this gave me a cool little insight, at least to the panel portion of it uh, and what it can be like. So I appreciated that. And they were interesting talks. And maybe this is sort of the future of cons. There'll be online experiences. You know what I think we need? Uh, I played uh, VR chat uh, and spoke about it on this very podcast. And uh, I think I've played it once or twice since then because it's sort of just a, a crazy experience. Uh, maybe virtual reality cons are going to be a thing of the future. Not impossible. Hey, you know what? I'm going to call it right now. By the year 2024, we uh, virtual reality conventions will be... Mm, mainstream yeah okay you heard it here folks you heard it here folks uh last but not least uh and a very very cool thing that is happening for i'm not sure why but i like it is comedy duo revivals what do those i know what those words mean what does it mean in this uh, case yeah for some reason uh this whole thing this whole coronavirus thing uh uh maybe it's the fact that everyone's stuck at home including these comedians uh i'm seeing a lot at least i have three examples here of uh comedy duos from sort of back in the day um joining together once again and posting uh (laughs) coronavirus related things so we have uh 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 uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, they sort of did a, a little bit of a reboot of meeting at the Winchester uh, instead of the zombie apocalypse. Of course, it is this one that we were in. Apocalypse, again, strong word. Um, we had uh, Jake and Amir. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Uh, like, I listened to their podcast, so for me, they haven't really been away necessarily, but they, they, they slipped into their, own, their old personas uh, and, and did a video uh, about social distancing. Uh, very, very good. Uh, we've got a peep show with Robert Webb and David Mitchell, which is a show I freaking loved from uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, they also did a, a, a social distancing type uh, video. Uh, I'm going to throw an honorable mention into Norm McDonald, who's doing a bunch of videos from home as well, where basically he will call uh, some of his famous friends on the phone and, uh, you know, just do like a a mini little chat, mini podcast and put them on YouTube. Uh, Whatever is happening, uh, we're getting some extra thanks to these kind people, these kind, presumably bored at home with nothing to do people, uh, some, some blasts from the past in the comedy world. So, uh, very, very, very cool to see that, uh, there can be some silver linings. This is something I think I mentioned 
Where did I mention? Oh yeah, uh, I, I think I spoke about how I started a, a, a journal or a diary. I don't care um, about uh, this whole thing. And one of the things that I speak of in it fairly often is the search for silver linings, which I think is important. And uh, this comedy duo revivals is one of those. So keep your eyes peeled for silver linings. Yes, on top of everything else, I've got a clean-up conversation for you, specifically Picard Season 1. Yes, I thought I could uh, throw it in a television talk, but uh, quite often I like to throw these shows uh, into the clean-up conversation. And this clean-up conversation is sponsored by Space Orchids. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, Picard Season 1. Rating. Hmm... Yeah, see, the, the, this is the tough part of the fact that I don't pre-rate anything I rate on this podcast. I just come up with a spur of the moment. And this is a hard one because although I love it and I love everything Star Trek, the only thing Star Trek I haven't thoroughly enjoyed was the animated series, which uh, I just couldn't really penetrate. And maybe I'll give it another try someday. Um, but this is not was not my favorite. Uh, I definitely, of the newer Star Treks, liked uh, Star Trek Discovery much more. Um, th- there's things I loved about it. Uh, it elicited a lot of emotions, happiness, sadness. Uh, I'm, I'm not someone who gets angry over television if they do things that I don't think, you know, work or fit. Anger is not usually emotion that I will feel, uh, even though it's taking a sort of beloved character and doing things that you might, uh, having known that character for years, uh, do things that they wouldn't do in your mind that can elicit anger in some, that, that, that's not something I've ever really felt. Um, and plus all humans grow and change. So the fact that this Picard is quite a bit different than the Picard we know from the next generation, um, you know, he's closer to the movies. So again, showing, (laughs) excuse me, growth over time, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're rating (laughs) again, again, I'm going to go four. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, discovery, I'm pretty sure I gave fives to the first two season. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Still very much enjoyed it. I think they could have done it in less episodes. Like this is what I think they could have done. Um, episode one, set up the story. Episode two, gather your team. Cause I, uh, and I did mention this because I, I did some Picard talk, uh, already. I, I think I did the first two episodes. And then sort of gave up because I realized it was going to be hard to talk about because there wasn't a lot of plot in episodes. And this is one of the problems, I suppose. Uh, episode one, uh, give us the problem. Episode two, gathering the team to solve the problem. Episode three, solving the problem. There you go. Done and done. Um, what I think they've done with season one, though, and uh, I'm pretty sure season two is already greenlit. And my hope is that they have used this first season as just a setup for the, uh, like, like it's all set up. It's, it's all so we can get these group of characters together and have them have a 
combined story um, that brought them closer together. And that's what season one is. Yeah. Well, if, if you look at it that way, and then season two, hopefully going to be a little more episodic. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind a little more episodic in season two. And, and I feel like with season one under our belts, uh, it's going to be easier to be episodic than if they hadn't have had it. Uh, silver linings, people. Silver linings. Uh, of course, we'll see uh, what happens. Um, let's, let's, let's just say the fact that you've got uh, 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 Picard and Riker sitting on a bench, uh, sitting on the dock of the bay, <laughs> basically. I guess it was a pond, but still. Uh, you know, broing out having a little uh, snuggling down on the bench ain't nothing wrong with that is there folks we did it we did it it's nice to be nice to the nice this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and i do not mean but you can like us on facebook you can follow jordan underscore maywood on twitter you can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think You've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.